Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, tonight is episode 12, and it is titled, What Does It Take to Be Number One? And that's the question we're going to ask our guest, professional boxer Carlos Vidal, because I'm curious, a guy who's 17-0, and 0, what does it take to be number one? So with that in mind, help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview and podcasting this week, our man, professional boxer, Carlos Vidal. Carlos, my man, how are we doing today? What's up, Daniel? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And yeah, for man. It's man. We're we're stoked to have you on. And you know, we we look at the record, seventeen and zero. You know, and we're we're gonna jump into the boxing. Um, but but really, I want to get the story. I want to get the backstory. I want to start with where you're from. You know, where are you from? And like, how how, how did this come to be? Where you're like a boxer? Like, I, that blows my mind that people just. I'm a boxer now. Like, how does that happen? Well, um, I'm from Puerto Rico, right? And then I was always the small kid in the classroom, right? So I had to figure it out, do things to make other people respect me or just not being, not bullying me. So I, I, I was telling everyone since I was like in four or five, fifth grade, I remember I was telling everyone I was a boxer and it wasn't true. I wasn't in a boxer. <laughs> and then I was saying I was like a black belt in boxing and that doesn't even exist. So anyway, it was like a dream for me and I was just faking it like I was a boxer. And then one day my mom told me, if you want to, if you want to really do boxing, I want good grades. You give me good grades, I'll take you to the boxing gym. And I was like, say no more, mom. So I was getting like good grades, OAs, Bs, even getting like money from school because I was having like super, super, super good grades and then i started boxing that was at uh, 13 years old when i started that's a that's a typical mom thing to do all right yeah i'll let you box but by the way you need to have some good grades first and, uh, and you have to be educated to punch people i guess <laughs> hey hey i i think being well versed in, in in everything that you do probably is beneficial but you, you talked about mom was you know what was the the family life like was it just you and mom was it brother yeah. and sisters it was me it was myself my mom and three brothers so it was like my mom raising four kids and she was a kid too my mom had me when she was 14 years old so she was 21 years old with four kids and we weren't good kids i promise you that <laughs> so how many times have you apologized to her since well since man, you... all i do right now is like I've been doing everything for my mom. Like I'm like, mom, what cell phone do you want? That one, you got it. I'm like, mom, you want a house? Boom, you got it. Mom, which car do you want? This, you got it. That's what I do because I know, man. I know she's been in struggle with me. Man, you, you you got a, a lot to to pay back. A lot of, I mean, oh, yeah, four life. four kids doing it on her own, man. That that's something. I mean, shout out to mom for real. <laughs> shout out to mom. So so tell me, how do you transition from Puerto Rico to the States? How, how does that happen? Well, first, um, I always dreamed of living in the United States because in Puerto Rico, I love it. It's great. I love Puerto Rico, but there's a lot of things with politics and all that. So I was always trying to like to get out a little bit, just being in Puerto Rico, but like vacation style, not just living there, right? So when I was like 24, I went into the military. I went into um, Air Force. And then after the Air Force, then I said like, you know what? I'm 26 years old right now, and I think this is my last chance to just go pro. And then I went to box, professional boxing. But I was boxing before, you know, in Puerto Rico. I, I won, like, two-time national champ in Puerto Rico. And then the amateurs, I did 114 fights, amateur style. And then I went pro after the military. Well, so, 
go, go was, ahead. Jim. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you know, as a, as a fellow veteran, man, I just wanted to, before you continue, I want to say I appreciate, I didn't even know that about you. So I appreciate you served. Yeah, you, you go military is in the military. When you're in the Air Force, are you training? Do you know that you want to be a boxer and you're training to be a boxer as you're serving in the Air Force? Or was boxing something that you just decided you would do secondary to that? I always wanted to be a boxer, but to be a boxer right now is like you've been in the struggle. You you don't make money when when you're going up. You know you can be like whatever record, and you don't make money if you don't have the big fight. So you need another job, and you need you know you need three more incomes. So that's why I went to the military. But yeah, I was training every day. Every day in the military, I was going to the gym, just sitting in the bag, and just keep doing my training. So you moved to the states. Um, when was that? That was in 2015. I went to the military and then I got back and then I went back to Puerto Rico. And when I went back to Puerto Rico, I was already a pro. So I went a pro. I was like 10 and 0, I think, by the time, not like 8 and 0. And then um, everything was great. I was training with a world champion, former world champion, Ivan Calderon. And then I was just, you know, doing my thing in boxing, doing great and in my islands. And then Hurricane Maria came and destroyed my whole house. So it was like crazy. My dogs were swimming inside the house. And I was like, wow. So I told my girl like, okay, we, we gotta go. Cause it's gonna be super hard here to, to get off this in Puerto Rico, you know, with no money and no jobs and whatever. So she said, okay, my family lives in Memphis. Let's go there in, in Tennessee. I'm like, okay, we got, we got a backpack. That's it for two dogs and went to Memphis. And then in Memphis, one day I was I was about to quit boxing. I was like 10 and 0, I think, by, by that time. And I was like, you know what? This is too hard. I need a job. I need to provide. I have a kid. So I'm like, this is this is getting too hard. So I said, I'm I'm gonna quit. And then like I put it in my head, I was gonna quit. And then one day I was like, nah, I ain't gonna quit. So I look on I look online on Google Maps and it was a gym like an hour away from where it was. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to that gym. I went to that gym and then there were two kids sparring, like they were amateurs, right? And then I say, hey guys, can I spar with you, one of you? And he was like, yeah, sure, man, come on, get up. I was like, okay. So I went and I was like playing with the guy. I was like, what, what, what about if we do something? What about if I spar both of you? I'm a professional boxer, so I just can't handle it. Just throw everything at me. And then it was a guy watching and I didn't know anything of this. It was a guy watching. Then when, when, when we finished, I was just playing with both at the same time. And when we finished, he was like, man, who the? How are you? And I was like, oh man, Carlos, nice to meet you. I'm from Puerto Rico, I'm a professional boxer, whatever. It's like, you know what? I'm a boxing manager. I'm a boxing manager. I was like, whoa, yeah, for real? And he was like, yeah, I'm a boxing manager. And I, I like you. Do you have a manager? And I was like, no, I don't have a manager. I just got here from Puerto Rico and I told the same story I did here. And then um, he said, okay, let's talk. And then he signed me. His name is Shannon Robinson. And um, he signed me as a pro and then we, we kept fighting. So when you, I feel like when you go to, you go to Memphis and you go into this gym and you tell them you're a professional boxer, I feel like maybe they were like, oh, this guy, like, it's like you're back in school again, where you're trying to pretend to be something. And these people are like, oh, he's not, he's not for real. But then you actually get in the ring and like people start seeing your skills, like, I can only imagine those two dudes in, in the ring that you're sparring with. They're like, holy crap. Like, what did we just get into? Like, um, that's awesome. So eventually you, you, you got what, what I would consider a break. You met the right guy and and now it's, it's, is it full-time boxing or are you still new to the area? You go, you know what? I need to get a job is, are you working or are you boxing or is it both? Well, when I, when I spoke to the manager, I said, hey, man, I've been in with none of the managers. I had a manager that told me, okay, I'm going to give you an apartment, a house. I'm going to give you a monthly whatever pay. And then he pulled me to live in a trailer. Like, a trailer was like 15 feet. Like, like I was with a feet in the, in the bathroom and a feet in the, in the room. Like, that's how I was living. So I was like, and then I left that, I left that, um, that manager and I went to the lawyer to get out of the contract, whatever. So I had a bad taste about managers right so he told me and then i told him that and he was like 
Well, I'm not like that, but if you want to feel good, you do the contract and I'll see if, and if I like it, I sign. He told me that. And then I was like, perfect. So I call my lawyer and I say, okay, I got a guy, very interested. He said, he told me to do the contract. And he was like, okay, what do you want? And I'm like, just, I was going to go work in FedEx. And I said, okay, FedEx was going to pay me $2,000 a month to start. Tell him I want $2,000 a month. And if he gives me that, then he's, he's right. You know, he's legit. And no cars, no whatever, just $2,000 someone and I figured it out. And he said, yes. And I was like, okay, this guy is legit then. You know, it's interesting, Carlos. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this. We've had, you would be the 66th athlete. You are the first boxer we've had, but we've had um, six or seven MMA fighters. And it's just interesting in the fight game, knowing that, you know, you know, you talk about it coming up in the ranks and, the pay isn't there yet. And so you got to work these other jobs. And so y'all are unique to the other athletes we talked to because, I mean, y'all got to grind times two. You got to grind in the fight game and then you got to go out there and work that other job. And so uh, mad respect to you. Before we get into your actual boxing, I got to know, and I'm, and I'm probably going to butcher this, this name, this word, and I'm known for doing that on this show. It gives people good laughs. So we'll go with it. We'll, your nickname, is it, is it Pote or how you Pote. say it? Okay, and and, and uh, how does that come to be, and what is it exactly does it stand for? Okay, man, so my grandpa is called like that, and then my dad. So it was with my grandpa, right? And I, I used to live with my grandpa because my dad wasn't there. I was just with my mom, so I was, like, just going with my grandpa. It was like my dad, you know, my dad figure. So everyone called him Pote because my, my grandma, rest in peace, she was very jealous with him, right? So he couldn't go out, and then he said, I'm going to go and get some cans of milk. Cans is pote in Spanish. So pote de leche means can of milk. So he was like, no, 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 I'm going to the store to get some, some cans of milk. And then everyone was like, hey, you are outside of your house. You're looking for cans? And then he got, that's how they started calling, hey, look, look, there's cans. That's the can, that's the can, that's the pote. And that's how he got the name and then he passed it to me. So everyone was like, oh, the little can, the little can, the little can, and then I get can. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do it in honor of my grandpa. Just put it in my name. Hey, I love that. I mean, you're, you're honoring your family and it's something a little different. You know, you didn't come out with something that was, you know, like hard, it was nice. It's, it's a fun story, I, I dig it. So, all right, so let's get into it, man. You know, we talk about, you know, the 17 fights, you know, 14 of them by knockout, as I see. But let's go all the way back to the first one against uh, Luis Lozano. I mean, what was it like being in that first professional fight? I was scared as hell. I was shaking as hell. Like, it was crazy. I was in Mexico, and I'm Puerto Rican, right? Puerto Rico and Mexico, they're rivals. So everyone was like, yo, get out of here, yo, whatever. Like, you know, the worst. And I was like, okay, I, my, my girlfriend says, my fiance says, I got ADHD because I always have to do a lot of things. And in boxing, it's the same thing. That's why I knock people out because I want the fight over. Like, <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's do it. And then I, the day of the fight, I was, man, I'm telling you, I was scared. I was in Mexico. It, it, it was in a pretty place where I was. And then I was like, okay, first round, I'm going to throw everything at him. That's what I say. I will throw everything at him, and I did, and I won the fight like in twenty seconds. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Was it was it really like twenty seconds? Oh yeah, man, yeah. that's how you start a career right there. Yeah, I was like, it was like me 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 me, throwing punches, and that's it. Fight's over. Scared for nothing. <laughs> yeah, for real. All right, so you know, looking at these fights, you know, when do you feel like you got you know your your first biggest challenge in the ring uh, professionally? Okay, my first, well, all of them were like a little bit of challenge, even though, even that one that was scared. But, but, but was, who gave, I mean, who gave you the, the, the Luis, run for the money, man? You, you, were, you were worried throughout the match. He's a Puerto Rican, Luis, Luis Diaz, and um, he cut my eye really bad in, in the first round. That's my only decision. I got 17-0 and 16 knockouts. So I got only one fight decision, and it was because he broke my eye, I was bleeding too bad and I was scared to change because I, it was my first time just bleeding like that. And I was like, I told my coach and my coach is Ivan Calderon. He's like one of the best boxers, like not power punches, just boxing. He's like, you got me in the corner. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. Just box, jab, whatever. And, you know, just move it away. Don't fight with him. Don't, don't do hard changes. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then that's why they fight one decision. But let me tell you something. 
That was the first, that was the hardest one, the only decision, and I was bleeding about really bad. But I, I couldn't sleep because I, I didn't knock them out. So <laughs> I got a rematch with him, and then I knocked him out in the second round. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Hey, you had to knock him out. Well, I said 14 knockouts earlier, and that just shows my lack of knowledge when reading uh, reading up on you. So tell me then, what is what does it mean if it says RTD next to your, your fight as opposed to a knockout? RTD is when the – the corner or the referee stopped the fight. It was like, no, man, he can take no more. So that's RTD. Sorry. So you basically still, you still, you ended him. He knocked him out. He really punished him. I think, I think it means like for referee to take decision or something like that. Okay. So my bad. I didn't give you the credit you were due. So you got 16 and you <laughs> only got one decision. But I, so I didn't know, I didn't know what RTD means. So we good now. So, all right. So we got, we got what your, your most difficult fight was. And, uh, you know, your, your favorite fight might be the, that second one because you got to do what you do. But taking that, that Luis one out, what was your favorite fight of all of them? I think the favorite fight, I think, was the last one because it was here in Orlando. It was great. The guy was, man, that guy can talk. He was talking mad in the waiting. It was, it was actually, it was like, like saying a lot of bad things about me, about my family, about he was going to knock me out. And things like that and then i knocked them out like really easy but that was a fun fight because because I, I i enjoy it just knocking them out <laughs> do, do you say anything afterward or are you good sportsman yeah i, I was i was saying things too yeah i was saying things back then <laughs> i, I hear like, you i'm having fun no one i have yeah i have losses but yo you know imagine this in the mexican style so it was like <laughs> you you have you haven't found no one and every every loss that I have is a world champion, whatever. And I'm like, okay, then you know you're gonna have another another loss from another world champion. And you know, you I said you said you were fighting in uh, Orlando and you know that happens to be uh where I just came from. I seen you know a lot of pages say out of Vegas and everything. Um so where is it you're actually, you know, you're living at right now? I'm living right now in Winter Park. We we bought a house here, so this is like the place, Winter Park. Winter Park is like 10 minutes from Orlando. I got you. And uh, and out of all these places you fought, you know, you just talked about Mexico and, and everything. Um, what was uh, what was the coolest atmosphere place that you fought? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Got to be yeah. home, huh? Like fighting in my backyard. Yeah. De definitely different than Mexico where they're yelling oh, all yeah. these crazy no, things Mexico's at you. Not even close to be the best one. I got you. Um, You know, it doesn't say on here. Do you have a, a an upcoming fight scheduled yet? Well, it was going to be July 24, but there's thing going on yet, and it's not 100% sure. Okay. Um, and so with that, and, you know, one of the fun questions we like to ask the, uh, the UFC guys, there's always somebody on their radar that they want to fight. Is there somebody that, you know, that, that you feel like is, is the match for you that, you know, you really would like to get in the ring with and square off? Man, any Mexican world champion right now, 126 pounds, he can take it. Like, I hear you. So whatever gets you closer to that belt for sure, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and if he's a Mexican, Mexican versus Puerto Rican, it's great. Everyone <laughs> loves those fights. They're, they're really fights. So whoever has the belt can go for it. I hear you. You, you, mentioned, fighting, you mentioned fighting Diaz and then um, – having a decision and then you got a rematch with them. I don't know, a couple of fights later and you knock them out in the second round. What, what did you see differently between the first fight and the second fight where you were able to, to, to make such a drastic change? For the first one, I was fighting the distance because I couldn't see it from my one eye and I was like scared of it. You know, I didn't want to lose my eye. I'm like, man, there's a life after boxing. So, you know, I was just, just going a distance. And then the next one, I already knew what he got. You know, I already knew his power, his speed, distance, whatever. So I'm like, I'm just going to go and knock him out. But everyone was like, I was trying to knock him out in the first one. But he tough. So he went out in the second one. Very true. So um, how many fights, like, like where where do you see yourself in five years? How, ma how many fights? Where, like? We talking about two fights a year, three fights a year. We talking about your your big time, your main eventing something. Like, what's what's the five year plan? Well, in five year plans, I'll be retired in five years. But I'll be fighting like two, three times a year. That's my goal. 
and I already did one this year. I'm trying to get one, another one or two ones this year. And then next year, same thing, like one, three, one, two, three, five. I'm really close to the world champion, you know, to the fight for a world champion. Like maybe one fight, two, five, two more fights. I just have to be like, just start talking in the social media and just start calling people out. That's, that's all I have to do right now and just get that, you know, that, that people behind. Because, you know, yesterday, the first, the best fighter of the world fighting a YouTuber. So it's just about, about just calling people out and just selling tickets, I guess. Is, is that unbelievable to you that, that that can happen and that it can generate that amount of money for someone who, yeah, is. I mean, is really is just a, started off as a hobby. Like I wouldn't consider Logan Paul a professional boxer by any means. Um, I think he has a platform that allows him to be in the right place at the right time. Exactly. Yeah. He got a bunch of followers. So that's what sells. That's what, that's the people who paid it for the ticket. So yeah, it's a business. Would you knock him out in the first round? Logan Paul? Yeah. He ain't got nothing, man. He's super slow. <laughs> I, was, I saw him throwing punches and I was like, bro, I, when he throw one, I was like, we're going to find a way to set it up. We're going to get you paid. Would you would you say Floyd Mayweather is the best in the business? In the business, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, As a boxer, well, you know, he needs his, he needs his credit. You know, he, be, he beat anyone. He beat everyone he fought and all that. But yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, He's the best um, defensive fighter. Yeah, the best defensive fighter. Yeah, you can take that. In in your eyes, who who is a boxer that you would say, like I would, I would model myself after, and I would love to be in the ring with that guy. Canelo. Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, Canelo is the best right now. Let me ask you: this. Miguel Cotto still live in Orlando? He lives in Puerto Rico right now. Okay, I remember. I was there. I have a friend that lives in Orlando, and she said that he would train out of Orlando a lot. Him and and um, there was another guy. Can't remember, but yeah, she would see him just running, 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 running all over the place. Yeah, because what we do is like we don't train where we live. Most of the time, we go away and you know distractions and all that. So we, we call it training camp, and then we just be in the training camp like for eight to ten weeks, training you know somewhere else where there's less distractions and there's no, I know not your family, not your normal problems, not your house problems, things like that. Just focusing on training. Is, would you, are you someone who needs that to eliminate all distractions or can you fight, you know? I don't and, need, yeah, I don't need, I don't hang out, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do anything. Just, I, I don't really need it. I got a question for you going all the way back to the beginning because you had three siblings. Did you ever beat up on your, on your on your little siblings yeah not my sister i i, I don't i don't <laughs> i can't remember but yeah my brothers yeah man they were my first sparring partners like forever <laughs> i love it that, that you gotta you gotta give them some respect man they they helped you helped you get to where you were and, and they <laughs> covered up your your, your story of, of being a, a black belt boxer as, as <laughs> <a> black belt. <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right carlos man uh we're gonna we're gonna finish this off with a with a game we call this or that it's it's very simple okay. i give you two options and you choose one or the other the okay. only rule is you can't say both and you can't say neither okay um, so I'll, I'll start off with an easy one okay if before you met your fiance would she say she would rather you be smart or funny um, smart. What would you rather be, smart or funny? Smart. Yeah, I, I, I man, uh, given the 114 fights in Puerto Rico and then the 17 and 0, like you, you got your stuff together, man. Like you, you're pretty smart. You're, you're knowledgeable. I mean, your background is beautiful. Like, look at that house, man. He's, you, you got it going on. So, there, there, there is some brains up there. And the next question. Would you rather have a fight in Vegas or Puerto Rico? Vegas. I fought in Puerto Rico already. Vegas. Why is Vegas such the, the attractor for like prize fights and big fights? Like what why not somewhere else? I guess freedom after a fight. I, I guess so, man. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I guess really the question is 
what what would be the better place than Vegas to fight? Like I I can't pick one, so I guess that's why Vegas wins. Would you rather call or text? Are you a caller or a texter? Text. Why? You just you you want to get straight to the point and and yeah. get what you got to say and move on? Yeah, straight to the point and faster. I got you. All right. Would you rather go back in the past or fast forward to the future? Well, if I get older going fast forward, I would rather go back to the past. All right. So if you went back in the past, is there any one thing that you would want to do over or change? Mm, yeah, probably not study in college. <laughs> I mean, you, you you just be like, you know what? I already know, like this, this ain't gonna, this ain't gonna take me where I, where yeah. I need to be. So yeah, you know. that's what I would do. All right, last question: Would you rather have money, or would you rather have friends? Friends are money. You'll get them right. I'd rather have friends. With Why? Money. So they Why? Can how to make mine, and then have both. There you go. So. What you, what you need is friends that have money and that will give you money or allow you to be in areas where you can earn the money. So, um, man, it's been, it's been a, bl a blast having you on. Is there anything you want to plug or promote while we got you on here? Good, man. I appreciate this and, you know, grateful to meet you guys and do this and I'm good, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, man. Well, once again, Carlos, thank you so much for, for joining us. If there's anything that we can do along, along your journey, uh, reach out to us. We'll love to plug and promote you and, you know, come back, man, come back. Let us know, you know, when the next fight is, we'll put it out there for people. And we'd like to talk to you maybe before and after the next fight. We'll do it, man. Thank you very much. Everyone that wants to just keep following, you know, my social media is just my name, Carlos Pote Vidal, all of them, Facebook, um, TikTok. I just started doing TikTok. They're horrible. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. Instagram. Yeah, I got to do it, man. Like, and, and we are, I'm in network marketing, right? My business is network marketing. So I have to be just in the eye of the people so they see that I'm doing good things or I can help them to do the same thing and then they join the business. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just going every social media now, Clubhouse, everything. I'm, I'm, I'm there. And all well, of them, Carlos Potevidal. Well, look at that. If that's the case, sometimes we have guests on here that have trouble, you know, promoting these episodes on social media when it's really easy. And so now we know we got somebody who could, who could definitely market it out there on episode because, you know, we do these and it's about, it's about you. It's not about us. And so, hey, who, who better to know how to promote themselves than you? Exactly. Yeah, let me know yeah. And then I put it on social media. Well, we're gonna put it out there, everyone. Be sure to follow Carlos Pote Vidal on all social medias. TikTok yeah. for Same sure. He, he's killing the game on TikTok. Instagram, <laughs> he's there, man. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna plug our sponsors when we come back. We got some headlines for you. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you. Leading off tonight, Jim, we got some NFL news to talk about. Julio Jones going to the Titans. Is this a good move for the Falcons? Is this a good move for the Titans? Is it a bad move for both sides? What do you think? I believe it's a bad move for the Atlanta Falcons because all you got was a second and a fourth round pick and you gave up Julio in a six-round pick. I understand he's disgruntled, but you don't just give these guys what they want, and he's way too talented to give away for so little. So I don't like it from their end. However, for the Titans, I mean, this is a team that has been, you know, kind of knocking on the door of, you know, making a run at the Super Bowl. You know, you got arguably the best running back in the league. You got A.J. Brown, who was absolutely killing it. Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has been doing his thing. And now when you add in that that next piece to go with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, I mean, that Titans offense is going to be so potent. They still have defensive questions, but they won't have any offensive problems. No, and, and that, that might be the case. You saw the Chiefs last year defensively, they – 
you know, that that's what held them back, but they outscore people. So if you can outscore people, your defense doesn't have to be good, but you know, I, I still question whether this move makes the Titans a championship contender because in my eyes, I just don't see it. I, th- I think the problem is you still have the Chiefs and Buffalo. The Chiefs and Buffalo are still in your way. I think that's the biggest thing. I can't – I still – that move doesn't put them over either of them for me. I don't even know, you know, if they're the best team in their own division. Well, luckily we don't have Randy here because he would easily say they're not. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see the moves. I mean, to me, it's – obviously Julio Jones is a great talent and having him is going to make you a better team. Does it make you a championship team? That'll be yet to be determined. Um, but he's got to be healthy too. Like what, what we've seen in the past is the guy hasn't been healthy and he doesn't do anything to bolster your championship potential. But we did see when the Falcons did make the Super Bowl, um, what a healthy Julio Jones can do for you. So, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, we still got some more NFL, you know, moves that are that are in the works. I know Aaron Rodgers, that whole situation's a mess. Deshaun Watson, that whole situation's a mess. Um, you know, but you know, we'll see. We got a long, we got I say a long time, but really, it'll be here before we know it. We got guys already re- reporting. Uh, shout out to Dak Prescott. He's there. He's training. Looks better than ever. So. I don't know, man. Any, anything from the camp side of things that, that you're hearing? No, man. You know what? It, you know what it is. The only thing I'm I'm focused on is is it going to be Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? Other uh, other than that, that's all I'm paying attention to in Saints camp. And then, you know, you mentioned the big the big headlines as far as guys that we're watching, as far as you know the big the big names. Uh, Russell Wilson would be the other big name, but I haven't heard anything on that. Um, you know, rumors were things were getting repaired and being the fact that we haven't heard anything, I'm going to assume that they smoothed that out in Seattle. Yeah, it's that's one of the stories that is kind of dissipated. And I, I just think Russell Wilson wants to play, whether it's with them. I mean, obviously, he cares about um, the protection part of that and his longevity in the league. But at the end of it, he is getting paid and he knows that. And, you know, I guess he's willing to put that to the side or they've had conversations and there's works to, to help him out. I don't know, but a lot of things to be determined, a lot of time to get it done. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk NFL in the, in the coming weeks, but let's move on to hockey. The playoffs are are heated, bro. They are heated. I'm not going to get too in-depth. I'll just give you an update on where we stand. In the north, the Canadians up three games to nothing on the Jets. Pretty much a wash. Looks like the Canadians are going to move on uh, to their finals. You got the Avalanche tied two games to two with the Vegas Golden Knights. I know um, in past years, Vegas has been that that fancy team, that sexy team that you guys have, have pulled for. And you know, all indications they're hanging tough with, you know, arguably the best team in, in hockey, the Avalanche. So two to two, got a couple more games for sure in that series. We'll see where it lands in the east. You got the Islanders two games to two with the Bruins um, Bruins, uh, a scrappy team, probably not the, the best team in hockey. The Islanders, um, obviously not one of the best teams, you know, in, in that upper echelon, but both are really good teams. Um, and they're battling it out. It'll be interesting to see how how much they can beat up on each other because the winner of that series is going to take on the winner of the Central with the Lightning, who's up three games to one on Carolina. That game five will be Tuesday night, and hopefully the Lightning will close that thing out and move on to the to the conference finals, you know, and set up a, a chance to meet the Islanders or the Bruins. Hey, know, I got a quick one. question for you. I've been wondering about on the Lightning. What's What's the okay. attendance on that? Are people allowed in the building? Oh, yeah. The last game, I think it, it was full capacity. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but it, to me, it looked at full capacity. So have so, you thought I about mean, was, going to a game at all? Um, yeah. I mean, if I could get a ticket less than five or 600 bucks, if I could get somebody <laughs> just to hook me up, like I, I'll go with the hookup special. But um, to be honest, the – the game at home in front of the TV where you can hear it. Like 
it's just as exciting for me. I mean, obviously it's obviously there's, there's a little bit of a extra like pizzazz that you get when you're live in the audience, but like, I don't feel like I'm missing out too much on it being at home. So uh, I hope you, I hope, you know, now that you're in town, you know, we'll, we'll be able to watch that game tomorrow night together and you'll get to see what the lightning are all about. I hope, hopefully they don't lay an egg and, and, and make me look foolish, but they played really well uh, in the playoffs so far, but man, moving on, I got a lot to unpack with NBA. This is, you know, uh, I'll start with it. Yeah. The, the Grizz, you know, they beat San Antonio in a must win game took on Golden State in another must-win game, and then went to Utah and beat Utah, obviously without Donovan Mitchell in game one um, as the eight seed in the playing the one, but then, you know, lost four in a row. Most of the games were competitive. Most of the games were, you know, the Grizzlies were a couple of possessions away from really winning the game, um, arguably, but... I'll ask you, is, is this a disappointing way to end the season or a promising way to end the season? I think it's not disappointing at all. You know, everyone says when you don't win the last game, it's a disappointment, but it goes to what you said. The, the Spurs win, the Warriors win, going into Utah and getting a win. And then in games three and four specifically, like you said, they could have won those games and I think that just showed their youth. And then it also showed how good Utah really is. So um, I don't think you can be disappointed at all. And, you know, they they battled. And like I said, there, I mean, there was no blowouts. They, they battled and were in every single game against a team that has – who's fixing to be the, the three-time defensive player of the year, um, two all-stars, a bona fide superstar, the sixth man of the year, and the runner-up for sixth man of the year. So – to go toe-to-toe with those guys and then, you know, after beating Steph Curry and after beating the Spurs, I mean, if you're a Grizzlies fan, you've got to be optimistic going into the future. Yeah, I, I think optimism is a good word. Uh, I will say I, I, I posed the question as were, the, were you disappointed or was it promising? To me, it's a little of both. I'm not disappointed in, in how they played or that they lost. I'm just disappointed because they are a fun team to watch, and I don't get to see any more games until next season. So, like, to me, that's a little disappointing, but it's very promising and very optimistic to know the core of our, our, our guys are very youthful, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we can build around them and develop them, and I don't know. I, I have no idea what management is going to do um, in my opinion, they're either going to go the let's get one superstar and make a good run at this, or they're going to go, hey, we're going to continue to develop and, and, and take it you know, step by step and, and keep moving slow and progressing the way that we, we think this thing is going to go. Um, but either way, no matter what they choose, it, it's going to be exciting. But I'll ask you this, man. Was, was it me just being a biased Grizzlies fan or was Utah – did they play like they were the best team in the playoffs? As of right now, they have played like the best team. I think the only team you could put in that conversation um, would be would be Phoenix because, as we know, the Nets haven't really been challenged. Um, Phoenix has, has looked as bit of good, um, and those are the one and two seeds in the West, so I think they look the, the way they're supposed to. I think Utah is definitely – um, I mean, they got a, they got a shot. There's, there's no doubt, um, that they do. I think, um, the Clippers, you know, finding a way to beat Dallas made their road a little harder because I, I think they would have had, um, a significant advantage over Dallas versus the Clippers, which if you want to talk about who's left disappointing to transition to that series, um, if you're a Dallas fan, you're absolutely disappointed. You were up 2-0. And then you were up three to two, and you were going to your home four, and uh, and you lost two in a row. Couldn't get it done. Um, if I'm a Dallas fan, I'm definitely disappointed. Yeah, I, th- I think Dallas is disappointed, but I-, I also will say I think they were surprised. I think they 
a little bit like the Grizzlies maybe thought they were a year ahead of, of schedule and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but um, I feel like they're one guy away from being a dominant factor in the West. Um, But just thinking about, you know, round two of the playoffs that are coming up, you know, we'll start in the East Brooklyn is up one game to nothing on Milwaukee and James Harden is now hurt. He's not playing a game two. I don't know the extent of the injury. I don't think anybody truly knows the extent of the injury and how long he will be out, but he's definitely not going to going to play in game two. I've said it before. I'm not a believer in Brooklyn. And the reason being is because the injury factor and here we are. Yes, they won game one, but I, I still can't buy into them winning a series. Am, am I wrong here? No, you're not wrong, but I do think I'm a believer that Kevin Durant benefits from Harden not being there because he's the guy that needs to be taking more shots. But to your point, um, yeah, it, it's one less playmaker against a team in Milwaukee who um, has great defensive players. I mean, so you, you got Drew – on um Kyrie and then you got Giannis on KD so now you don't have that third guy who can create the mismatch um I'm really I'm actually surprised with him going out so early that that the Bucks didn't make that game a little more competitive and have a chance to win it in the end but I think if he has a significant injury um yes this does swing in favor of the Bucks for sure So with with that, you got also in the East, you got the Hawks. Surprisingly, I don't know if it's surprising. They played the Knicks team, I think, that overachieved. But, you know, I think a lot of people were, were hoping this was the year of the Knicks, but they did what the Knicks do. Or Trey Young is just an absolute animal, and he's carrying that Hawks team. Either way, the Hawks went into Philly, up one game to nothing. Um, my question to you is, are you a believer in the Hawks and – if so, how far can Trey Young put the Hawks on his back and carry them through the playoffs? I mean, I'm not a believer in them. I think maybe the Sixers just had had an off game. Embiid's stat line, I mean, clearly he didn't. Um, but, you know, Tobias didn't fill up the bucket like he normally did. But I don't think they're going to win that series. But if some way, somehow, we are completely wrong, there's no way I would – ever believe they would have a chance and you know i can be wrong again but i against the nets or the bucks no way so i don't think yeah. to the to the question i don't think he can carry him to the finals is what i'm saying yeah i mean he's a young guy he's a stud player but i mean it, it's the road only gets harder and the pressure only gets heavier um, as you progress, and especially if you're you're winning a couple games and you're putting yourself in a position that you've you've never been in, I mean. But on the other hand, he he could be out there with nothing to lose. I mean, he's got the ice tray mentality, and he just don't give a what. So, as as easy it is as it is to hate him, you you got to also give him a little respect because he he's doing his thing. So moving over to the West, you got the Nuggets and the Suns. Game one tonight. Uh, looks like, you know, we, we got a lot of baseball, but I think we could probably squeeze in a little bit of action of, of Suns and Nuggets tonight. Who you got and why? I got the Suns and I got because the advantage of Devin Booker being absolutely hot and then Chris Paul, you know, Jamal Murray's not there for the Nuggets. I like – so I like them at pointing point guard. I like them at shooting guard. So, yeah, you got Jokic. Aiton's been really, really good in that first playoff series, and he's been good all season. Um, Jokic is going to get his, but I'd like to know who's going to be the other Denver player. And so when I'm looking at that that roster and I'm, and I'm matching them up together and I look at Chris Paul's leadership and I look at Kevin Booker just – or Kevin Booker – Devin Booker being a blazing inferno, I, I like the Suns in that matchup. And, of course, they're at home, so – yeah, um, the way the Suns have played in comparison to how the Nuggets have played, yes, you know, the two different teams, 
um, arguably say the the Lakers are better than the Blazers, but the seedings don't say that. But the Suns, I mean, there to me, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that the Suns were going going to beat the Lakers. There was a lot of doubt in my mind that the Nuggets would even make it through that first round past the Blazers. If Dame gets um, any help, then the Nuggets aren't there. That was, I mean, there was so much talk on that. There's, there basically, if you're listening to all these analysts, it's really interesting because Dame has been adamant that he will not bail on Portland. Um, he will remain loyal, but there are a lot of analysts out there saying it's time to, to you know, sh- that that ship needs to sail because um, every year you get to this situation and he does his job and no one else shows up with him. Well, I mean, he could take a, a page out of out of Russ's playbook, and you could stay too long. You could miss out on your your opportunity, um, and and end up at a at a Washington team that I mean, it, there's there's no yeah, you know, there's no bad. There's nothing bad to say about being on the Washington team, but there's a difference between being in Washington and being in Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, I think you're correct because, remember, I didn't want him to be a Laker because I don't like the Lakers. But the Lakers were throwing all the cash in the world at Westbrook, and he stayed loyal, to your point, and he stayed loyal too long because had he stayed or had he took that contract the next year, they signed LeBron James. And Westbrook and LeBron plus AD, I mean, what are we talking about? So, I mean, yeah, Westbrook, his loyalty might have cost him – um, more than likely cost him ever getting a championship. So if you're Dame, um, you know, and hey, if he stays loyal, I mean, I will applaud him. I will never hold anything against him. And if he leaves, I will never hold anything against him. I mean, so whatever he does, I don't, I don't, you know, whatever he wants to do, man, what, whatever is in his heart. He's he's said the right things and he's done the right things. And up until this point, he's been a very loyal guy. He doesn't bash coaches he doesn't blame anybody he takes a lot of responsibility for losses like he does everything that you want your your franchise face face to to do and say so um i agree whatever he chooses to do whether it's stay in portland you know great you know be loyal um but if you choose to go i can totally understand that but i i don't think portland fans are gonna be burning little jerseys in the in the streets if he decides to leave yeah um, and they didn't for and they knows? didn't for russ either so i mean i got yeah it, it'll it'll be it, i just think it's a different fan base i think you know they lebron is a totally different figure i think they're more mad about how it was handled on the same the same token like they haven't won before so they wanted this so bad and they thought that was the guy that was going to give it to him and when he said no i'm i'm piecing out then they kind of took it personal but i don't think portland fans are going to take it personal if, if lillard leaves and you know neither did okc fans when westbrook decided to leave so i got the same question uh for you with the the next series in the west clippers and jazz who you got and why Can I just say that I want to take the Clippers because I'm not a fan of the Jazz, especially after watching the Grizzlies series, not because they necessarily did anything wrong. They did their job. I just hated how they kept making all the timely threes and they got the NBA all ugly squad. Um, And I just think if I'm, like, getting the matchups I want, I think the Suns Clippers would be a better matchup to watch, especially when you're talking about the guards uh, specifically matched up. So I'm just going to say the Clippers specifically because I have a little more dislike for Utah, and I think the next round would be better if it were the two teams that I think would win. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't necessarily care who wins, Clippers or Utah. But what I am going to say is if the Jazz do not shoot like they did against the Grizzlies and they come out and lay an egg, that'll be my team on planet Earth for the rest of my life. I will have a vengeance and a grudge that I will hold 
near and dear to my heart, and I will release it every time the Grizzlies step floor, step foot on the floor against the Jazz. So with that being said, if they shoot lights out and lose the game, I'm okay with that. If they shoot lights out and win the games, then I'm okay with that too. Um, but the Clippers definitely, they got to play. I would say they got to play a little bit better than they get, did against Dallas. Obviously, they they won when it mattered. But I will say Utah is going to be tested defensively, not so much as intensively, but there's going to be more holistic team defense that they're going to have to match up against as opposed to one or two solid individuals that just annoy the shit out of you. Um, but they've proven like the annoyance and the good defenders that the Grizzlies and the intensity on the defensive end from those one or two guys, they match that no problem. So uh, it will be interesting to see how the West shakes out, but man, let's, let's move on MLB. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time. I mean, it's a long season, but you know, every week we try to give a update on the standings and, you know, just starting, you know, we usually start with the American League, but let's let's shake it up a little bit. Let's start with the National League. You got the Mets. Mets are starting to pull away, man. Three and a half ahead of the Braves. The Braves actually, despite being back three and a half games, are looking a lot better. You got the the Brewers and the Cubs tied at the in the central with the Cardinals two and a half back. The Cardinals have really shot themselves in the foot against the Reds, um, not doing themselves any favors uh the past few games. And then there they are, our team, the old <laughs> rusted Grizzly Vets. Uh, two games ahead of the Padres, three games ahead of the Dodgers, the Giants, man, just, just doing big things. So I'll ask you quickly in the National League, between this if anything, Don't do it. Uh, I, I know I know what you're thinking. Just keep your eyes fixated to the top of the page. Don't, don't then I'm gonna say the, the Cardinals the Cardinals the bounce West. back. The Cardinals bounce back then. Oh okay. So I, I was gonna go a, a different route. I was going to say that the the dodgers they're they're not going to be in first place but they will make their way slightly behind the giants and will begin to start pushing the giants so maybe like half a game well when away. you well when you talked about the braves were getting better the reason why the dodgers dropped to that third spot was because the braves just took that series yeah. so that's how you know the braves are getting better because um they went out and beat the Dodgers' two best pitchers. Yeah, and it, it, who would have thought that, you know, the the West would have been the best division in the National League uh, prior? I mean, look at that differential. Started. Oh, they're killing it, man. And the Cubs are there plus 30, but, like, that's a, a blip on the radar compared to those top three teams in the in the West. Um. But moving to the American League, you got the Rays hold, holding tight. They're up a game on the Red Sox. Um, you got the White Sox that seem now they're starting to – it looks as though they're controlling the Central. They're up four games on the Indians. And then there's there they are, the, the Oakland A's back on top, a game ahead of the Astros. And anytime we can say the Astros are behind somebody, that's, that's, that's a good day. So – same question. What, if anything, between now and next week will change? Um, I would say, if anything, it would be those Astros. But, you know, minus the Yankees, Daniel, um, basically flip-flopping with the Red Sox, if you look at our, you know, our preseason picks, we said the White Sox, we said the Astros and the A's, and then we said Tampa, but then we said the Yankees. I mean, the now that – the season's really getting going and you look at how many games some of these teams are starting to fall back. The teams that we thought minus the Yankees are all right where they, we thought they would be. So I feel like we had a pretty good, um, you know, judgment of how the American league would shake out. Now there's still plenty of time, but it's, it's really fallen into the way we, we picked it to be. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, for me, I, I'm going to stay with the same theme that I did for the National League. I'm going to say that the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays are going to cut a significant distance between the Red Sox and the Rays. And that only benefits um, you because that say, means there's going to be know, space between the Rays and the Red Sox. Back, I would say they would probably get with. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that that would definitely help the race case and keep them on top if, if the Blue Jays can do that. To the, the meat and potatoes of our headlines, and that's college baseball. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simply just set it up and let you run, into, run through it. But regional, we, we, we made it through conference tournaments. The regionals were set. Regionals are underway and finishing up with a, a plethora of, of big-time games today. So I'll ask you the first question. Any surprises in the regionals thus far? Um, yeah, the biggest, you know, we've discussed it in person. It's got to be TCU just completely laying an egg, right? Um, I'll give a shout-out real quick to Notre Dame um actually being as good you know because they didn't have any quality wins it was really hard to determine if they were good you know they still haven't beat anybody significant significant but they rolled right through their region so i mean i i gotta give them their due right so um you know texas tech took care of business um i don't know much about stanford and uc irvine so i mean However that plays out, I really can't say I'm surprised one way or the other. NC State was a pick by a lot of experts um, to, to pull the upset and take theirs. Um, what'll be interesting is what happens tonight. You got to go Anteaters. Yeah, Anteaters. What'll be really, what'll be really interesting is uh, that Arkansas-Nebraska game tonight, right? Like we said, like we felt like Arkansas is just unbeatable. And the fact that they're now in this position um, – Ole Miss, you know, they just started um, their game right now. We'll see how that plays out. Um, if you give me 45 seconds to talk about how Texas took care of business as we expected, um, we'll get to a Mississippi State ending. Um, the other surprise, Florida, right? Um, g- give me give me quick thoughts on, on the Florida one for you. Like, how, I mean, you know, how, how does that happen? Yeah, well – I can tell you how it happens. It, it, it starts first with a lack of motivation. Then it starts with, uh, uh, poor pitching performance and, you know, coupled by teams with nothing to lose that are coming out there, giving you their, their best, their best punch. Um, you know, South Florida was a team predicted to finish last in the American conference. And here they are in a regional final against the South Alabama team who, man, and I'll say this, they South Alabama has got some arms. Like they have positioned themselves in a, in a, in a way where I wouldn't be surprised if they won that regional. And if they went on to play Texas, I would say that, you know, Texas, not that they're going to lose, but it's going to be a lot tougher for them than, than they probably hoped it would be or thought it would be. Um, if they knew that they were going to play South Alabama. Well, you just saw oh. it pop up on your screen. It just got real for Notre Dame. Um, first, I want to shout out, you know, two-time guest Cameron James for a huge day, um, a home run, a double, uh, numerous RBIs. Um, and then Sims, Landon Sims, who is a upcoming guest on the schedule, just shut it down for the the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and uh, – and finished off at what was a was a really close game that we didn't expect really you know from a Campbell team, but um, they are now advanced and we're gonna have Mississippi State and Notre Dame. I'm looking at that uh, seating again, Daniel. I'm really confused on where that's gonna take place, bro. Yeah, I mean, looking at the seating, it looks like Mississippi State's a higher seed than Notre Dame, but on the the TV broadcast, they said the winner of that Starkville Regional would be headed to South Bend, so. Well, give me give know. me Mississippi State either way. You know that, bro. 
So with that, I mean, we we all know that, you know, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you are a Mississippi State guy. That's your your baseball team. But is there any team in this regional that you have now become a fan of? Well, let me start by the team that I actually already was a fan of well before Mississippi State. Last night, I got caught in all the fields, sitting on your couch at 1230 in the morning, watching my favorite LSU Tiger, Devin Fontenot, get on the mound and get electric and shut down an Oregon team um, who was picked to basically run right through that region. And now they're going to be playing tonight. Um, and LSU has has a chance. Now, with that, that brings up the scenario that would be a problem. You know, we have had many Tennessee guests, and we got many Tennessee guests lined up to come on. We have grown to be uh, fans of them. We've watched many games. They're, they're guys of great character. If LSU did win, it would put me in that old predicament where it's, it's LSU against Tennessee. But the reality is LSU doesn't have what it takes to even give Tennessee a run. They played in the season – Tennessee swept them with ease. So it would just be a fun story if LSU could, um, for, you know, Paul Maneri's last run, um, find a way to, to steal it from Oregon in that region. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of just these SEC teams we've been watching all year and the guys that we've had guests. So, so no surprise. But if I had to pick a team, uh, you know, scroll back up, if, if I had to pick a team that wasn't one of our SEC teams that I wanted to see make some noise, um, you know, let's go NC State. Why not? All right. All right. I, I, I like it. ACC foe coming in. I mean, what I will say is, is, it's not going to be if, – if Arkansas can, can pull it off of, from Nebraska tonight, it's not going to be easy road for NC State. And even if Nebraska upsets Arkansas, it's still not going to be an easy road for NC State. So if they make the College World Series, it's because they, they have flat out earned it. Um, you know, looking at the games left in the regional, I would say Dallas Baptist has, has become a, a new favorite of mine. Um, they got a big game with Oregon State. They tried to close it out last night, came up a little bit short. They'll play again today. Super regional against the winner of uh, Old Dominion and Virginia, which um, Old Dominion is pretty good. They're flat pretty good. Um, you got Old Miss, who I- I'll ask you this, and I meant to ask you, you know, earlier, but – is Ole Miss a fear in your mind for today's game? Because, I mean, they a corner last night. Southern Miss was there to shut them down. I mean, Ole Miss is in real trouble the way Southern Miss has hit the last couple games. And – um, with their lack of depth in pitching, uh, I'm very nervous for Ole Miss today. Um, I think, you know, you know, I said the NC State thing earlier, Daniel. I think if Southern Miss was to advance, that would be the team I then would be rooting for because that is a, a team that um, when you come from the state of Mississippi and you have Mississippi State and Ole Miss there and your little, little brother – and you're not a team that's expected to to make it this far, um, and you go through one of big brothers to get there, um, I think that's a great story. So I, I think – and they'd be playing Arizona, who I have no ties to. So if Southern Miss does win, I actually put me on that train um, rooting for that underdog. But, yeah, Ole Miss is going to – I mean, today they're going to have to out-hit Southern Miss, and the way Southern Miss has been hitting it, today's scary. And they just and they just and they just kicked off, and they've been sitting in a in a weather delay for the last few hours. Um, those two teams are probably absolutely ready to go. Absolutely. So we know very little of what's left, other than Mississippi State punching their ticket to super regionals. 
and the ones that have already done so we still have a lot of of series up in the air um, with one more game left to play but just you know give me give me a, a shot at who do you think does Arkansas beat Nebraska do they, do they move on yeah I mean as much as I wanted to go the other way Arkansas is gonna win yes South Alabama South Florida who moves on to take on Texas um, South Alabama just because their initials are USA All right, you got the ant eaters of UC Irvine and Stanford. Who who you got? Let's go ant eaters, bro. Ant eaters, I agree. I'll take them too. You got um, Ole Miss, Southern Miss. Uh, I have a feeling the heart wants Ole Miss, but you wouldn't be surprised if you saw Southern Miss. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. If I had to lay a bet, I'd lay a bet on Southern Miss today. But I'm going to go with my heart. Give me, give me Ole Miss. I, I mean, do we we got upcoming Ole Miss guests. The Ole Miss guests that we've had have been classy. They've hosted me and my son at Swayze. They've signed balls, man. They, you know, they send text. I, I love those guys. Um, I really hope they find a way. But if I was to bet, I would actually bet the other way. I have a feeling Ben Van Cleve's going to have – he's going to be a factor in tonight's game. Man, we can only pray and hope. So, Dallas Baptist or Oregon State? DBU, bro, DBU. That's right. Got got to take DBU. Old Dominion or Virginia? Old Dominion. Yeah, it's kind of like you flip a coin. You don't really care either way. Um Go Tigers. So Don't even ask me the last one. Go Tigers. LSU. All right. Hey, we'll see what happens next week when we come on. We'll have a lot, lot to talk about, a lot to unpack when it comes to college baseball. But, man, uh, it's been a great episode. You got a, got last call. Anything we missed? Man, no. I feel like we did a pretty good job of uh, trying to get it all in, you know. We got a lot. We had a lot to unpack. We're gonna have even more to unpack next week. I, I feel like I feel like we did a pretty good job, and I can't wait to to get on here next week and talk about more results of the NBA playoffs, um, and of course the the regional super regionals. Yeah, man. Let's let's close this thing out. Let's get to some of these games. Let's go have a bite to eat. Let's go enjoy our company and and, and see how these these regionals shake out. See how. Round two of the NBA playoffs shake out, man. Let's go have some fun. So, with that, you know, we had another, another great episode. Champ, champ. And he, he's doing big things. He'll come back and talk to us about the journey between now and then and how he got that in store. Because I, I see big things, man. It, it's it's going to be awesome. I, I'm, I'm super to follow him uh but if you like hearing us average joes talk exes on twitter listen and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor as always your comments ratings and feedback is always welcome we're gonna see everyone next week for episode 13 we're gonna have duke softball star kelly torres on to join us this has been the end and off the bench podcast as always remember strong body sharp minds grit and grind all the time